Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Gosh, I've been doing business podcasting and interviews for years and years and years now, and I still can't get enough around the subject of branding. I still think far too many people, far too many organizations do it wrong. And today's guest is going to shed some light on some new strategy and tactics we can be thinking about as we build not only our personal brand, but the brand of our organization. I'm joined today by Karen Tiber-Leland. She is the CEO of Sterling Marketing Group and the author of a brand new book coming out shortly called The Brand Mapping Strategy, Design, Build, and Accelerate Your Brand. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I am too. I appreciate you carving out some time to join us. Uh, you got a big, big launch coming up, so I appreciate the time. Uh, before we get into a conversation around the brand mapping strategy of the new book, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about uh, you and your background, and then give us a quick overview of Sterling. I was a traditional management consultant doing large organizational development projects around customer engagement and employee engagement for about 20, 25 years all over the world with Fortune 500 companies and started writing books. And my business partner put me in charge of promoting and marketing the books. And I was like, I don't know anything about promotion and marketing. And he's like, well, you better learn. (laughs) And so I really started to take on that aspect of the company. And I fell madly in love with branding and marketing and PR. And I started getting asked more and more by marketing departments to help them with their PR and their marketing and their branding. And just over time, I slowly transitioned into doing that as a career. So for about the last 10 years, I've been a branding and a marketing strategist and an implementer. So I don't just come up with the strategy. I work with clients to help them implement. And that's a big difference in what I do. Yeah, well, and we're going to get into that as well. I mean, I asked this question of all of my guests who have written a book on a popular subject. Now, if you go to Amazon and you type in branding, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of books or materials that people can can download from that. I'm just curious as to why the world needed this one. What, what's, what does Karen Tiber Leland have to offer that's different from other things I could find on branding? What's, what's your secret? You know, that's a great question, and I'll answer it by saying, how many movies have you seen about a love story between a man and a woman who are star-crossed lovers? (laughs) You know, or how many recipes for guacamole are there on the Internet? Oh, not enough. (laughs) So, you know, the truth is, is that in some ways, you know, there are no new topics, but there is your take on the topic or the way you do it. And really what the brand mapping strategy book that I wrote and just came out reflects is it reflects the last 10 years of work that I've done with CEOs on CEO branding and executives on branding and on small businesses, on small business branding and on thought leadership. It reflects my learnings and what has worked with my clients. That certainly does not mean that I've got the be all end all because I don't. There's lots of good information out there. These are just some of the particular ways that I slice that cake. All right. So the brand mapping strategy, design, build and accelerate your brand. Give us the quick overview. What's the main thesis of the book? Well, the main thesis of the book is really that you want to be building your brand by design instead of by default. 
So a lot of people, their brands just happen to them, whether they're a CEO, an executive, a high-end entrepreneur, a small business. And really, to gain greater influence with your company or your industry and to become a thought leader, there's really three sort of steps that you have to follow. There's three parts to the process. And if you do those in order and logically and well, then the natural organic outcome is getting to a very solid, strong brand. If you don't do them in the right order or not well, then generally you have a very inconsistent brand and people end up spending a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of energy and not getting where they want their brand to be, whether that's a personal, a CEO, or a business brand. Building your brand by design rather than by default. All right, that's a great line. I'm stealing that one. Here's the thing that in all my years observing uh, business people as well as organizations, most are doing it by default. And there are even some that think that they're doing important work on building a brand, but they're, they're still not. And I think therein lies that, that most people are just trying to throw tactics against the wall and hoping something sticks. There's no strategy behind it. Before we dive into those subjects, why is personal branding so important today? And there's a difference between personal brand and an organizational brand. Well, the thing is, is that a personal brand is really just the brand of that individual, whereas an organizational brand obviously represents the whole. And the organizational brand is being reflected and represented by many, many different people. So if you are United Airlines, for example, your brand is being represented by the flight attendants, by the pilots, by the person at the gate, by the person who picks up the 800 line. You know, your brand is represented by many, many different people are going to shape the experience of that brand in the customer's mind. In terms of a personal brand, really the only person for the most part shaping that brand in your customer or your constituent's mind is you because it's the brand that you're putting forth that's generating people's impression of the brand. So that's one major difference. The interesting thing, though, to me, Todd, that I found, I mean, I'll work with a business, a medium-sized business, let's say, that's doing $100 million a year on their brand, their business brand. The same process that you use to build a business brand isn't really all that different than the process that you use to build a personal brand. It's just more complex because there's more parts involved. But the principles and the practices are often very similar. Well, why are we so bad at building a personal brand? I mean, most people, they're, they're not focused on it. Why is that? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think, one, the idea of a personal brand, well, it's not new. In terms of individuals having it, it is fairly new. I think it's been around for a while in terms of people that are running very large organizations or politicians, but it's, it's a fairly new idea en masse. So one is people are just getting used to it as an idea. I think, two, people are now just beginning to recognize that with the Internet, they need to have a personal brand because anybody can Google anybody at any moment and any time and find out a ton about them. And if you're not shaping your brand on the Internet, someone else is going to be shaping it for you. So I think people are just waking up to that realization. And I think the third reason is I will often have people say to me, I don't want to brag. I don't want to seem like I'm being boastful, which one, I completely understand. Two, I completely agree with. But three, I think there's really a difference between being boastful and taking responsibility for building your personal brand. And in the world we live in, I think taking responsibility for building your personal brand is really an essential and a critical skill, whether you are a secretary or whether you are a CEO. You draw that fine line between boasting and being confidently and confidently projecting who you are and what you're about. I do. And I think part of it, it, it rests in several things. One of the things it rests in is telling the truth. So I, whenever I work with a, a person on their personal brand and I'm doing, let's say, their LinkedIn profile or their bio, 
I never lie. I never exaggerate. I never misrepresent. I never make things up. I don't think people should do any of that. However, I also am not shy about saying what that person's actual accomplishments are. So I'll give you an example. I had someone I was working with and I said, have you ever been interviewed by any major media? And they said, yeah, I've been interviewed by major media, but that was like in my last job, not in this job. I said, okay, well, we're not going to misrepresent that it was in this job, but it shows that you're the kind of person that's had the chops to be interviewed. And I said, well, who have you been interviewed by? And then they listed off like 10, like ABC, CNBC, you know, the Today Show. I mean, this incredible, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. And I said, that needs to be in your bio. We're not going to make it sound like it's happened yesterday. We're going to tell the truth about that it's been happening. It's happened in your previous job. But that still adds a certain social proof and credibility you and they were like well it's not recent so I shouldn't use it I think one of the things people have to realize is that in writing the narrative for your brand particularly on a LinkedIn profile a bio some kind of an online bio you have to reflect the totality of your brand in that narrative not just what's current it's fascinating now keep in mind the circles that I run in so I spend my days interviewing amazing people such as yourself and accomplished people who have written a book or leading a large organization or have done and have accomplished something of note so those are the, those are the people I'm interacting with but and every one of them lists the including yourself uh, lists you know the the well-known media companies like the Today Show, CNN, CNBC, Oprah, that, and so that's necessary. But for someone like me, that no longer is a distinguishing factor. How do you begin to distinguish yourself so that you stand out? Because that's my understanding. That's part of what the goal of a brand is, right? Yes, but here's the thing: every in today's world, trust is really what trumps everything, and so what happens is that part of that trust gets built by social proof. And social proof is this idea, as you know, that other people that are of value or that have a high rating in your sphere, in your field, in your area, who are using you or who value you, give you credibility. They lend you credibility. It's what I call, you know, borrowed credibility or lended credibility or leveraged credibility. Those are some of the ways that I speak about it in the book. And so one is it is important to have those things. But as you said, they they are less of a distinguisher as time goes on, which is why the entire picture is what's important. So the entire picture is not only who you've worked with and not only who may have interviewed you, but the kinds of projects you've done or how many years you've done it for, or if you have created a proprietary process or piece of information or the types of work that you've done. All of those things together are what create the picture. Like I'll give you an example. For me, there's lots of people that do what I do and there's lots of people that are very good. You know, I'm certainly not, I would never have the arrogance to say I'm the best in the world at it and no one is better. I'm very, very good at it and probably one of the best in the United States, if not the world, but that doesn't mean I'm the best at it. But I'm very good at what I do. However, one of the distinctions that I have is that I have not just been a branding and a marketing strategist, I was a serious management consultant for 20 years. So I really understand how business works. There's a lot of people who do what I do who don't have that background. I've been a reporter. I was a freelance reporter for Comcast on air. I've been a journalist and written hundreds and hundreds of magazine and newspaper articles. I've written nine books. I've run a PR firm. And I've been an actor on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So when you take all of that and you combine it, I have a very weird but unusual background, 
that happens to be useful in the world we're living in. Now, does that make me better than someone else? No. It's just a particular distinguishing or it's what I call a unique branding proposition. It's a unique branding proposition. And for the people that want that, I'm the perfect person. That's how I distinguish myself. Other people, they could care less. And so I'm not the right person for them. And that's the way it should be. The way it should be is if you do your brand properly, the right people will absolutely resonate with you and get like that, that you're the one. And the wrong people will go, yeah, she's not the right one for me. That's what a really well-defined good brand should do. All right. Karen Tybert Leland will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com. All right, I am back with Karen Tiber-Leland, the author of a new book called The Brand Mapping Strategy. So, Karen, as we record this, I'm in my home studio. I'm looking out a window in a high-rise, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine really tall office buildings. Now, in those buildings are hundreds, if not thousands, of, of people, most of them probably you know, in the, the, the cube dwellers, right? The middle managers. The, the question I have is, do all these people need a brand? Well, they need a brand to the extent at least of how they're represented online. So the statistics are something like 77% of people you're going to do business with or meet with or connect with in business are going to check you out online. And so at the very minimum, you need to have, when your name gets Googled, you one need to know what's coming up. So I suggest everyone do a Google alert on their name so that they can see what comes up when people enter their name. So one is everyone needs to know what's coming up when their name is searched. Two, you need to make sure that you have at least one place on the web, whether it's LinkedIn or About Me or Contently or someplace where who you are and what you've done is represented so that people can find you on the web. I think that's really important. And then the third thing is you have to see, is there anything on the web about you that's inaccurate, false? Or needs to be changed. People always say, well, you can't get stuff off the web. Well, that's true to a degree, but you can move things further down the Google results. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who had lost a lot of weight and he had a lot of old photos up on the internet, not photos that he had placed, but that other people had placed for articles and things about him. So we just simply went through and we looked at all the places where he had the old photos. We contacted those people and said, hey, he's got a new photo. Would you be willing to put it up? We sent them the new photo. And about 9 out of 10 of the people said, sure, and they changed the old photo for the new photo. So I think in that sense, everyone needs to be responsible for their brand and how their brand is online, which yeah. is what comes up and making sure they have an up-to-date, accurate online profile somewhere that's business-oriented. What other big mistakes are people making when they're building and thinking about their personal brand? We've touched on a few, but but what are some others? Well, I mean, one of the biggest mistakes is almost everyone who calls me to work with them says, 
whether they're a CEO or an executive or an entrepreneur says, I want to be a thought leader. And my joke is always, well, first you have to have some thoughts <laughs> because really you can't just declare yourself a thought leader. There's a process to getting to be a thought leader. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, and I hear this, it, it breaks my heart. Honestly, every day in my business, people call me and they go, I spent $10,000. I spent $20,000. I spent $30,000. I spent, I think the top is $300,000. I spent $300,000 having somebody help me design a website or build a brand or get my name out there for PR and I'm totally unhappy. It didn't work. I didn't get anything I wanted. And and sometimes that's a function of they hired somebody who is not ethical or hasn't done a good job. But more often than not, it's a function of that they're doing things in the wrong order. So a lot of people rush to brand and buzz building before they actually have a basic platform in place that's what they need to have in order to brand and buzz build. So for example, a basic platform is things like a modern up-to-date website. So a website that's well-written, well-designed, reflects your brand. Just having a clearly identified, articulated brand is part of the platform development. So many people who call me don't even have that. You know, and what I mean by that is not just an elevator pitch, but a really deep exploration of the brand from many different facets. You know, my my analogy that I use in the book is it's like when you go to get your glasses, a prescription for glasses done at the eye doctor, and the eye doctor puts that really thick, weird machine on you that has all those different lenses, and then he or she click into different lenses and they say, does this make it clearer or fuzzier, clearer or fuzzier, while you're looking at the chart, the eye chart? A brand is like that. There are at least, in my experience, at least seven lenses you have to look at your brand through. Only one of them is an elevator pitch or an anchor statement. The others are a deeper look at your brand. And you need to be able to answer your brand in all at least seven of those ways. You know, when I do the brand mapping process with people, it takes me an entire day to work people through what those seven areas are. Because if I was just going to come up with an elevator pitch, well, that's an hour. But to get all seven is really a full, hardworking day with people because you're really looking deeply at your brand. So until you really know the answers to those questions and really identified your brand clearly, until you've got a modern, up-to-date website that reflects that brand in writing and style and colors and design and language, and until you've got social media that's consistent with those messages in that website, you don't have a platform where you're ready to go out and build any brand or buzz. I think it's critically important that people become thought leaders in their space. And I, I don't care if you're running a lawn care service. I, I think you need to be a thought leader and recognized as an expert. How do you do that? And, and, and I think the reason most people aren't is because they're not effectively leveraging content or the creation of content. Talk about that a bit. I, I think it's critical if you're trying to be successful and certainly in a niche. Well, that's absolutely true. And, and one thing I will say about about in a niche being a thought leader is if you get to be known as the go-to person in that space and you are easily found on the web, you will drive business. So one of the beautiful things about the web is it is the great equalizer. So, and you said it about content. If you can produce content, whether it's audio, it's, I don't care if it's a podcast, a blog. I have one friend, he's a photographer. All he does is visual content. His blog is just a weekly photo with a quote that he sends out, and he's got a list of about 15,000 followers so far. So it doesn't matter the type of content. What does matter is the quality of the content. If you can do that, then and you especially do that using keywords and keyword phrases that you know your customers search for, you can start to be found and be seen and positioned as one of the top people in your field. Now, 
the rub to this, of course, is that you have to be then producing quality work and doing a good job. You can't just be found and then delivering sloppy work because eventually that will catch up with you. We talked at the top of the show about strategy versus tactics. I, I think the reason that most people struggle with this is that they're just reaching for the next shiny tactic that they can get their hands on and try it without folding it into a broader strategy. And it, there is a strategy behind this, right? It's not just a, a seven-item checklist. I mean, you actually have to think through a strategy, and that can be different for virtually everyone. And I think most people go about this without any kind of a strategy. And, and saying, oh, I just want to become a thought leader isn't a strategy. Talk about in the, in the thinking of building a brand, uh, the strategy versus tactics. Well, that's a really great point. So there's over 40 different tactics that... I mean, there's more than that, but there's 40 basic tactics you can employ to build a brand or to build buzz for your brand. There's affiliates, there's speaking at conferences, there's writing books, there's writing ebooks, there's social media. I mean, there's, there's 40. Unless you're a huge, gigantic corporation, the chances are that you're probably not going to do all 40 of those. You're not going to have the time or the money to do that. What you are going to do, though, is you're going to look and you're going to see of all of those 40, which ones, number one, do I have the talent to do or can I hire the talent to do? Number two, which ones of those do I have the time to do or can I hire someone to do them if I can't make the time? Which ones of those are going to resonate the best with my audience? Like, for example, I don't use Facebook for business. I only use Facebook for personal because my audience is not really found on Facebook. They're not looking for me on Facebook. However, they are looking for me on LinkedIn. So I use LinkedIn much more as a strategic brand building place than I do Facebook. For someone else, Facebook is ideal and LinkedIn wouldn't be good for them at all. So part of it is where does your audience live and then using those tactics, not just social media, but those tactics that really speak to your audience. Can you do a quick overview of exactly what the brand mapping process looks like? Sure. So the brand mapping process is really a look at these seven different areas of your brand, whether it's personal, business, or team. Because one of the things I've, it's sort of the seven core elements of a powerful business team or personal brand. Because one of the things that I found out is that a team is just as likely to need a brand as an, as an individual. So I think one thing is what I call the anchor statement. And the anchor statement is sort of the typical elevator pitch. It's the cocktail party talk. So when someone says, what do you do? You've got that quick, easy answer that lets people know who you are and what you do. And sometimes you'll ask people what they do and they'll stumble around for an hour and a half before they tell you. So that's, that's not a clearly articulated brand. The other element is a unique branding proposition. You know, what is it that makes you unique? Not necessarily better than other people, but what is it that you do that makes you unique? It's like the answer to the question, why you? What's your specialized background or proprietary process or talent or content that sets you apart? That's a really important question for people to answer. The third one is what I talk about is the brand tone and temperament. And this one's really important because it's essentially the fundamental character or disposition or outlook or spirit of your brand. And that affects a lot of things, including, by the way, the visual elements that make up your brand identity. So one of the big mistakes people make is they jump into creating a visual identity colors, logos, fonts, before they've really identified what their brand is completely, including what their brand tone and temperament is. So their web designer goes, hey, mauve's a great color this year. We should use it. And they go, okay, but that doesn't necessarily mauve or chartreuse or pink or whatever color is in is not necessarily the color that reflects the tone or the temperament of their brand. 
So that's a really important piece of it is to know that what that brand personality is. The other thing is a brand energy and a brand energy is different than a tone and temperament in the sense of that a brand energy is really it's almost the iconic way that your brand is represented. So some people, for example, are advocates or makers or connectors or fixers or interpreters or storytellers or facilitators. And knowing your brand energy is really important because that also drives not only your visual brand identity, but how you present your brand, how you talk about your brand, the kind of language that you use for your brand. There's also your signature story, which is how did you get to where you are? You know, how you got to where you are is a critical part of the story of your brand. And, and while some people certainly have a more dramatic story than others, it's essential. The, the sixth element is your signature services, which is what are those things that you offer that are essential to your brand? You know, how is it that you provide what you provide, whether it's a product or a service? That's really, really essential. And then the seventh thing is really what are your brand enhancers and what are your brand reducers? So people often don't stop to do, for lack of a better word, a basic SWOT analysis on their brand, which is what they need to do. You know, where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? Where are my opportunities? Where are my threats? And then really coming up with a strategy to address those. Mm, fascinating stuff. Let's close on this. So the tagline of the book, design, build, and accelerate your brand. What do you mean by accelerate and where would that be necessary? Well, when you're accelerating your brand, that's when you're really moving into the sphere of thought leadership. So, you know, at first you're building your platform, then you're building buzz for your brand, which is taking advantage of those, at least some of those 40 strategies, tactics, not all. If you do that long enough and well enough, you really get into a place where you're then into thought leadership. And that's where you really, somewhere between building your brand and thought leadership is where it begins to accelerate. Got it. All right. Well, Karen, hate to say it, running low on time. I know you have other things to do. So before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have any questions? Where can they learn more about Sterling Marketing Group? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of the brand mapping strategy? Well, the brand mapping strategy is on Amazon, so they can go to Amazon and order it. And then they can find me at www.karenleland.com. That's K-A-R-E-N Leland, L-E-L-A-N-D.com. All right. Karen Leland, the author of a new book, The Brand Mapping Strategy, Design, Build, and Accelerate Your Brand, as well as the CEO of Sterling Marketing Group. Karen, it's a real pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by. Todd, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to IntrepidMailingList.com. That's IntrepidMailingList.com and sign up. You can also find us at Intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.